For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Vikings, come out and Listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast with B-Mac and Baker. Welcome to a victorious edition of Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Brian McKinney, who won a Super Bowl ring with the Baltimore Ravens. And he played for the Vikings for about a decade. Uh, We have the usual squad. Sally's back. She's from Minneapolis. She's with us tonight. She attended the game, and so did Ron. He is from Eden Prairie. And he's going to talk about the purple tonight. And then the Vikings territory author who joins me in my other podcast, Wesley Johnson, he's joining us tonight. He will be in attendance at the Browns game. So some of you listeners have told me that you enjoy when guests are on the show. And some of you say that, you know what, I'd rather just have the analysis. Well, tonight is one of those analysis shows. It's just uh, the crew going through the win over the Seahawks and then the upcomer against the Browns, which promises to be a tricky festival of gridiron. So we're going to get into all of that amongst the panel. But first, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Uh, With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your Vegas style casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers for the 21 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Off the Schneid, the Vikings won. It felt like it was going to be a carousel game that ended in sorrow, but. Within like the snap of a fingers, it felt like the Vikings took control and then just kind of suffocated the Seahawks in the second half in a true Zimmer form where they just stopped scoring. And it felt like those teams of yesteryear. We'll see if it carries over. But we have our panel tonight, as I discussed in our introduction, and we're going to go over some themes from the win and some previews from the loss. Our guest tonight is Wes, who writes for Vikings Territory, and he also does the NFL Trend Zone podcast with me. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great. How about you guys? We are super. Sally just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Sally. Happy birthday, B-Man. Happy birthday, Sally. What's yours exactly? Yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to you, too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, everybody, in, in, if anybody follows the astrology stuff, everybody's birthday <laughs> starts on, on in this live zone right here. It goes from September until uh, Ron's, which is in November, and... That they're all right intermingled. So. But Ron, yours are you Scorpio? Yeah, yeah. So we have three. We have a Virgo, three Libras, and a Scorpio. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't think Dustin really is a Libra. Somebody fucked up his his birth certificate. <laughs> yeah. So evidently, I am too even keeled or boring or both. You're a lot more Virgo esque, to be honest. Yeah. With yeah. yeah. Somebody out there knows what that means, and I hope it's a compliment. <laughs> well, Sally, if this means anything, at least I know at least we're the same year. So whatever year, what, yeah. whatever Chinese year that is, we're the same. So yeah, it's all good. Dustin, it's the greatest compliment you can ever get. <laughs> It is. It is. Well, yeah, if Wes is one of those, then I bet I'm Loki one of those as well. If Wes is one of those, yeah. he I, is I one of those. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start with you, Wes. I've got a series of questions slash topics. And the first one is about as simple as it gets. With three weeks in the books, we didn't really get to break down the, for better or worse, the Cardinals game last week because we had Cliff Averill on, who was a fantastic guest. But we didn't get to get into a whole lot of the heartbreak. Uh, through three weeks, Wes, is this a good playoff mound football team, your Vikings? Uh, it's too early to determine at this point for me. Um, they have a great opportunity in front of them. Uh, they can realistically run off uh, five of the next six games. Uh, they play Cleveland, obviously at home, Detroit. Then they go to Carolina um, at home for a primetime game against Dallas on Halloween night, then at Baltimore and at the Chargers. Um, I could realistically see five wins out of there. They definitely need to continue to play um, as they played in the second half of last week's game to be able to get to that point. But, um, you know, there was a lot of turnover, a lot of changes on this team. So, uh, you know, took a, a good two and a half games to really start to mesh uh, hopefully on the defensive end from, you know, what we saw in the second half last week, uh, the offense has been just phenomenal so far. I agree. Shout out. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. Oh no, no. Shout out to uh, special teams too. That's, uh-huh. that's been great. Uh, the thing that I, I, I tweeted this, but I don't know if I put it into the best words. NFL schedules are so strange. After you come, off a heartbreaking loss to the Cardinals and then a garbage one against the Bengals. You look at a schedule and you're like, God, this schedule is so meaty and I don't know where they're going to find wins. And then you, you beat Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, and you look at the schedule again. You're like, it doesn't look that bad. You know, we can do this. <laughs> and it happens to me, like, especially happened in 2016 when they were 5-0 and and scoring all these weird kick return touchdowns and defensive touchdowns. I looked at that schedule and I was thinking 15 and one baby, you know, just <laughs> totally got the blinders on. And then they took the nosedive after the bye. And I remember looking at the schedule thinking, what was I thinking? There's no way they could beat this team. So it's, it's crazy how the uh, ebbs and flows of an NFL season get so wacky. Uh, B Mac, do you think that this Vikings football team right now is a good one? I mean, they stay injury free. Um, I feel like they've cleaned up some of the penalties. Remember the first game, they had a lot of penalties. Um, so that was important and just keep improving. They have different potential. I wanted to tell you too, in case you didn't see it, that it looks like, uh, Dara saw the guy we had on the left tackle is, is healthy or is getting a lot healthier and he's going to play pretty soon. So, okay, good. Uh, yeah, that's pretty sweet. We talked to him all the way back and I think it was May and, uh, we didn't know anything about the injury and it's been a slow roll, but we're excited to see him. Sally, let's hear it. Our, you got to bring us back down to earth. Tell us why we're all homers, all this good stuff. No, I, I really agree with Wes. I mean, I think it's just too soon to tell. I don't feel strongly one way or the other. I'm just going to need to see a little bit more of what we saw in the second half. 
um, of the Seattle game. I agree that the offense has looked great. Um, the offensive line has looked significantly better the last two games. So I, I do feel optimistic about that. Um, as well as the, the penalties like BMAC touched on. I, I, I really don't know how to feel right now. I could go either way. So. Yeah. All right, Ron. Counterpoint. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, there's no real counterpoint because yeah, it is. Um, while yes, we could be three and oh, um, you know, it's, we're not, we're one and two, right. um, while we are, you know, in the same record as the chiefs right now, who a lot of people would even still think are the favorites. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, you can at least look at that like, all right, they're one and two, they might be able to find a way to turn it around. I think the same can be said here. Um, I think there's a lot of positives, you know, like I mentioned, even with that Cardinals loss, um, a lot of positives to draw from that. Cause the offense has been clicking minus the 116 yards worth of penalties in Cincinnati. Um, our offense has been one of the best in football, like on all levels, whether it's the passing game, running game, um, minus a little bit of third downs in Arizona. I think we were what two for 10 at one point. Um, but that hasn't been a problem. They've showed some creativity. They've showed some ability to um, just be able to move the ball against tough defenses. And then also um, one of the underrated things is I know we'll probably get into it when we talk about the Browns coming this week with miles Garrett um, Chandler Jones came off five sacks and wasn't to be seen on the other end of the, or, the, or that, um, that game, Jamal Adams is an elite safety, the highest paid safety in football. He didn't really make an impact. So we're, we've been neutralizing these elite players on defense. Now we haven't been able to do that fully on offense. Um, and I think there's, um, some areas for improvement or sorry, on defense, there are some areas to improve there. Um, namely that left cornerback spot, um, <laughs> where <laughs> Breland's just, uh, not, looking right. Um, but, uh, and, but who knows what the dancer situation is going to play out, but, uh, um, I mean, they've been flying to the football. They've been making plays when it matters. Um, and I did not give up a point for, you know, almost 50 minutes of football or whatever timing was or 45 minutes, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, against Russell Wilson, uh, that, to me, it says that this team could be anyone. So um, it is, I mean, the schedule is going to be what it is. So it all depends on, you know, injuries are going to happen depending on, you know, McCaffrey. Now that Panthers game, Darnold looks like Sam Darnold on the Jets with McCaffrey out there. So um, things are going to change throughout the season. You just hope that you can, you know, again, take five, five out of six or even four out of six and at least be in that shouting range and uh, and then take it from there one game at a time, right, Mac. Exactly. I'm gonna a break from you guys a little bit, and I don't need to too early to tell. I don't need any of that. I I do know it's a good football team, and I I was able to see that after they beat the Seahawks. And it's not because I want them to be a good football team. That helps, uh, but I I can see it. So when you're watching a Mike Zimmer team from 2014 on, what you should be worried about is the explosiveness of the offense and the offensive line. And right now, those are those are, we're not worried about those things for the most part. We're we're being shown that those are the elements that are actually good. Um, this team is not turning the football over, and it's like a a complete ticket to stardom um, that you usually reach the postseason. If you ha- keep your turnovers lower, you at least keep afloat. Uh, the team isn't making dumb miscues after all the penalties against uh, the Bengals. So they're doing the stuff right. That's indicative of a good team. And then, you know, they have a hot quarterback uh, in 2017, the Vikings were two and two and we we're trying to figure out if we we're going to be able to do anything. We went into the Chicago game and we limped out of there with a, a victory with the last walk off field goal 
uh, that Kai, Kai Forbath made. And then we went on the streak. So it's too early to tell in the sense if this team can be great, but I already know that they're going to be good because the last thing we're waiting on is the defense. And if we've already got the offensive stuff in tow, we have the personnel to be good on defense. And last year we didn't. So I'm of the opinion that it will come together. It's taken a little bit longer than we'd like. And if those uh, stupid things that happened in the first two weeks didn't happen, then things would feel different. But I'm fairly confident that this is a good team. And I was elated that they didn't roll over and die after 17 when they were down 17, seven, that, that, that was maddening. Speaking of Kirk, Ron, he, uh, Kirk cousins is playing probably the best football of his career. He's got some protection up front pro football focus calls us the 16th best pass protecting line through three games. So what gives here is this, are we, are we going to see one of those bad Kirk games that we're good for at least one per year? Has he finally figured it out with this offensive line? What's the deal? It feels like everybody in the world is like, Hey, this guy's pretty good. Did you, did you realize that? Yeah. You know, I think ultimately there will be a bad game. Like every quarterback has them. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers week one, Patrick Mahomes didn't have a very good week this past week. Um, so that will happen. Uh, but I think Kirk is showing what, he's capable of when he's given the time. Now, you know, I've said before on this, like if he had the ad lib ability or, you know, make things up on the fly, like case cam, I think he'd be viewed a lot more in that, um, not that top tier of quarterbacks, but right there in kind of that second, third tier more consistently because he can make all the throws. He can um, put up all the numbers. It's just, there are uh, flaws to his game that do get exposed, especially on the brighter stages. So, um, but I think he's showing that when you have the things working right around him, um, he can be a very good quarterback and he can be the reason that you win games and he won't be the reason that you lose games very often. So, um, you know, again, two games or weeks one and week two, he could have had two fourth quarter comebacks on his resume if you know Dalvin doesn't put the ball on the ground even though I don't think he did and if Joseph makes a field goal and then things you know the narrative start to change quite a bit so um I mean I think again he's he is what he is he's a, a veteran who's put up good numbers um and you know hopefully this year we can see more of him elevating a team like when things do fall apart around him uh but i mean that osborne throw that he made to kind of essentially seal it um where under pressure that's not a play that he's typically made in the past where he hasn't trusted receivers so you know we'll probably get to it later as well but with osborne and his breaking out ability or his ability that he's broken out with um he's having trust in more um players not just Thielen and jefferson on the outside um so i think you know we're going to go as far as uh, the offense takes us right now just because we have a dynamic offense. So it's good to see that Kirk is uh, helping elevate that unit as a whole. Sally, you like Kirk, but you don't love him, nor are you sold on him as the the, the fix-all. Uh, Didn't you see my viral tweet that said I love Kirk Cousins? <laughs> I think I saw it. I didn't realize that it had an adjective viral next to it. But Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. What was the question? That, uh, that's I mean, that don't question birthday me. Voodoo. Uh, Twitter no, doesn't lie. What's your What's your temperature? Because I know that I'm pretty sure that you like Kirk, but you you don't think that he's anywhere near the top ten or anything like that in terms of pecking order. Uh, I think I ranked him like twelve. That's pretty close to yeah. 10. You did. Yeah, you did. I think <laughs> I think all three of us on our quarterback show on Trend Zone had him eleven, like just by complete. Yeah. Country. Okay, so that's yeah. fair. So I think I had him swapped with Stafford. Yeah. Do you think that this is an illusion, a mirage? 
Uh, no, not necessarily, but I agree with Ron. I mean, he's going to have a bad game sometime. Everybody does. So, but I think three weeks of consistently playing pretty well um, says a lot for him. And like we said, the offensive line has also played more consistently um, and he's obviously got confidence. And I think for Kirk, that's what is really important is being confident. And I think making those throws that he made against Seattle, like Ron talked about um, to KJ, that's only going to make him feel better and more confident going into the next game. And he knows he's getting a lot of positive accolades right now. And that's going to make him feel good too. So um I don't have anything negative to say about him. He certainly <laughs> has. It's, it's like a, a parade of his teammates coming out of the woodwork and, you know, shedding some light on his personality and then saying that he's, he's terrific and all this. And I, I, I ask myself like, yeah, this is, this is late. This is four years into this thing. And <laughs> you guys are realizing. Well, maybe he has a new swagger in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because we would have heard it before. Maybe he's reborn. And I, not I in a religious way. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sally, you, you know, talked about the O line. I think all of us can agree like that. That for one, it's been a pleasant surprise. We knew that there would be an improvement just because of the guard play that isn't there mainly from last year. Um, but I want a Bryant's opinion on this from an offensive lineman standpoint, where um, when a unit is starting to gel and play like or show improvement like that, fancy does that like get you guys? like elevated to another level. Like, I mean, there was one play where um, I think it was Cleveland and or so our left guard and center Bradbury, they took out Bobby Wagner, like 20 yards downfield. And right away, they just, you know, were dapping each other up and were pumped. Is that something that as you guys play better as a unit, you guys feel that too. And you're, it makes you kind of go out there and um, want more of that. It, then you'll know you'll see it the next day on film. So you can't wait to see that play. <laughs> and you want to get more plays like that on film. So yeah, it does make you feel good. Is there, is, is that like a rhythm thing too? Like where, you know, like in basketball, you start making a couple of shots, like you feel it. Is that like how it works on the offensive line as well? Because it, after they were able to do it once they, they know they can do it, you know, consistently some more times. So once they've um, like effectively like a double team and, and drove somebody down the field, they know they're capable of doing it now. So it shouldn't be a thing of, you know, rhythm being off and everything. You're kind of getting in your groove. So you just want to get them to stay there. Okay. Wes, uh, Kirk Cousins, the knock on his game, because he's kind of got fumbles under control over the past two years, is his pocket presence. It's, it's not very good, uh, but it certainly looked better in 2021. Uh, where, what is your, your thought on the way that he's playing in terms of having it have sticking power? And do you see an improvement in the uh, oft-criticized pocket presence? Uh, yes, to both accounts. Um, as of right now, you know, he's playing lights out. Um, we talked about the offense earlier, playing lights out as well. Um, as a unit, they currently have only one turnover to their name, which was the Dalvin fumble. Um, that cost the Vikings three points in the game. Um, as of right now, it's the the defense that needs to catch up. But in terms of Kirk, um, you know, he, he's going to have the the interceptions all quarterbacks do. Uh, he's putting the ball, um, you know, in places for uh, his playmakers to make plays. And, you know, a lot of times when quarterback will do that, occasionally a uh, ball will ricochet off fingertips and um, uh, advantageous defense will, will take full advantage of, 
you know, that ball that's popped up in the air. Um, what I've seen from Kirk is, you know, he's, he has the time to make the, the throws that he needs. Um, I think I saw a stat earlier this week that he doesn't have as many um, air yards in his pass passes mm-hmm. uh, this year, as opposed to previous years. It's um, actually fallen off a cliff. Yeah. It's like eight to eight, 8.0 last year to 5.7. So all of the, the people that are looking for the aha moment for, for <laughs> you with him being a dinker and dunker uh, this year, he's actually uh, being more of a dinker and dunker, but it's working, you know, he's working within the the framework of the offense. Um, the offensive line is playing lights out. And uh, as we saw in the Arizona game, he out, I think he outrushed Murray, um, which was <laughs> phenomenal. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, I want to point out, too, that in Washington, Cousins always had a WR3 who was decent. And most of the time it was like Jamison Crowder, just cup creeping on a come up. And he always had a guy that was pretty good. And what we tried to do, Vikings, for let me see, five seasons was force a WR3 into production. And whether it was Laquan Treadwell, Chad Beebe, or BC Johnson, we'd, we'd put him out there and be like, this is the WR3. And he's good at blocking, so he's it's going to do the trick. And it didn't. And we relied on passes to Dalvin Cook and then this hodgepodge of tight ends. But I think Cousins is more effective when he has a third wide receiver. I know Irv Smith is fantastic. Kyle Rudolph did his job and Conklin's emerging. But I think a, a true blue WR3 is really working wonders for Cousins. And on that segue, we have one, and his name is K.J. Osborne. And he... What a story. I, I, it's, it's remarkable that he was a type of dude this spring that I would write about and be like, yeah, he, he's a bubble guy that probably would be on the practice squad if lucky. And within a few months, he transformed himself into <laughs> a, for Vikings fans, a name to be reckoned with. So I want to call, call him out for that. And he's also really cool. He sends birthday messages to people and I want you to give us <laughs> Sally He's had a cameo first... or something. Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly he did a cameo. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter, and at first, I you know, these new guys just start to see their face for the first time. And I was like, oh, he looks pretty cool. He's got the the dreads and everything. And then I had the sound on, and he was like, is he talking about my Sally? What, what's the deal here? Is this is this the one that I know? So... Can you get the Peloton shout out? Shout out? Yeah, from, uh... yeah, from Leanne. <laughs> I had a big day. <laughs> yeah um i was like jen was texting me and i w- couldn't read it right then and then i see you have the you have a cameo and i'm like excuse me what <laughs> and yeah it was kj it was so nice um he basically just said like happy birthday he said to the queen of vikings twitter um he's like i heard his you dog have- <laughs> yeah his dog was so cute his dog larry was in the video and he said oh i heard you're um the founder of donut club we have a donut club too 8 a.m on saturday mornings like yeah morning, duh. Still have that. <laughs> yes that and that's why we do it is copying them and so he's like, yeah we have oh. one i was like is he joking um <laughs> But yeah, he was he was so sweet, so nice. And you guys are completely right. Like he was the number one wide receiver until this week, right? Like he had mm-hmm. the most yards. Yeah. Um, and so that you, you're, that's just so unbelievable. And what a great story. And his yards were playmaking yards. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. move the sticks, extend the game, make an impact yards. And we, I swear to Christ, have not seen that. Some will say before until since Jarius Wright, and he was good, but he wasn't, you know 
write Dynamic. it down. Yeah, write it down like in the Rams offense at WR3. He was like the Vikings version of a pretty good WR3. So what we've seen through three games of Osborne is like, wow. And he's only, what, 22, 23? So yeah. it's really cool. B-Mac, Brian knew the whole – yeah, BMAC knew the whole time. What what college did uh, Osborne go to, <laughs> BMAC? Oh, UN, University of Miami. He just got to stack up on those canes, right, BMAC? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I even told uh, Bryant and – I think it was, yeah, Sally and Ron in, in our group text when we scheduled the show and everything. I was like, do we even know that Osborne's from Miami here? Like, <laughs> we could have had him on a year ago. I don't ago. think they do. Well, yeah. I didn't know, but let's have him on. Now me and him are besties, so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah that, that could be like, he could just be like our our, our fifth host because yeah. we got the connection. Yeah, have Brian, you ever, we'll get Brian to send him a cameo, you know, from a UM alum. Uh, so. <laughs> have you ever done one of those, Brian? I have. Okay. You have? They're pretty yeah, lucrative, huh? They are. It's, it's quick. It's quick shout out. It's, it's pretty easy. And then you can see the words. You can see everything that's like right there. So when you're recording, you kind of just kind of read over the, um, the message. Nice. Is that from your experience on doing that? Like, do you get, is it more so like from like UM fans or are, is it like Viking Honestly, fans? Honestly, more from Viking fans, believe it or not. All right. Well, yeah, yeah right. duh. You're unforgettable. <laughs> <laughs> you're a legend. Majority building... of have been from Viking. I'm going to say you went Viking, but I feel like the Vikings have outweighed um, the UM fans. They're mm. building you a statue on Lake Minnetonka, I heard. <laughs> They're breaking ground. It's going to sit in the middle like the Statue of Liberty does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're work... They wanted to surprise you with it, but oh, I just spoiled so it. <laughs> so on the anniversary, we can go back out there again and like, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you'll be getting lots of cameo requests that week. <laughs> Sally, we saw Alexander Madison get uh, the start versus the Seahawks, and he was marvelous. And Mm -hmm. I I was telling my wife during the game, and then I had a a dude that sat next to me that I never met before. But it it was it for a game, and you know Seattle's not a defensive powerhouse. It made Dalvin look like a system running back, and Mm -hmm. I hate saying that because I'm a Dalvin guy, but. Uh, do you think that was a byproduct of the Seahawks ineptitude, or do you really think Madison is an RB1 in the NFL? Well, um, first of all, I want to mention or talk a little bit about how they got him so involved in the passing game. I thought that made a tremendous difference, and that's something that I feel like in years past they haven't really focused on enough is getting the running backs involved in the passing game. So that I feel like opened up a lot, too, for him. Um Honestly, and I love Dalvin too, and I know that he's a special, special back. I'm not taking away from him, but that was one of my criticisms when they did give him the big extension and deal was because when he was out, Latavius performed, you know, pretty well, right? And I mean, really well, actually, in 2017, 2018 for being, you know, the RB2. And Madison, I feel like we've seen flashes of him where he can also be really well, and he probably would start on a lot of teams. Um And so, yeah, not to take away from Dalvin at all, but I I do think Madison is really talented. Yeah. I mean, he's a third round pick and that would, that's worthy of starting on a dozen or two NFL teams. If you're going to spend a. Right. And that's why I don't, I've struggled with the Dalvin extension, but it's old news now, but yeah. yeah. Wes, how much more dynamic is Dalvin than Alexander? Uh, I think he has a, a few more tricks up his sleeve. Um, I know in watching some of the um, film review for from the Seattle game, 
uh, there were certain things that you could tell that Madison learned from Dalvin. Um, there was one play where he sold the linebacker that he was going to the outside and just one cut back inside the linebacker was already out of position. And uh, here we go with the first down. Um, I, I do think that, you know, maybe the coaching staff moves it from, was it probably an 85 15 split right now to maybe a, a 70 30 split to get Madison more touches and also to preserve Dalvin for the long run. Um, obviously having him out last week wasn't ideal. Uh, he will be needed, you know, going forward in some of these tougher games. From what we saw with Madison, truth be told, you know, if Dalvin wasn't making the, the big bucks, we really felt like for one game that we can get away with doing a committee like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And we don't do that when Cook is healthy. It's the Cook show. And it felt like if we wanted to do that to preserve his lifespan, that indeed we have this Madison guy who can share the load. And then, by the way, we have the speedster rookie coming back who's faster than all of them combined. And (laughs) he'll be back on the field here in a week or two. So they've got running back. And I I said this all summer, running back is the deepest spot on the roster. And uh, I was super encouraged that Madison got, you know, redemption because he got savaged a lot for the fourth and inches call last year. But he did the part. Uh, Ron, am I am I too high on Madison after one game? No, I don't think you're too high at all on it. Um, if anything, maybe like a little low on Dalvin, because um, I think there were even a few plays out there that if it was Dalvin, uh, they would have gone for some more yards because Dalvin does have uh, more speed and a little bit more elusiveness than Madison. Again, not taking anything away from Madison at all because I think he would be a starter on a lot of teams. Um, and, you know, we're fortunate enough to have the the two of them in the backfield. So, um, and Sally, to your point, I agree. I love the fact that, like, they were throwing him out wide and running hitch routes with him. Like, we, like, we use Dalvin out of the backfield a lot, but we don't do a lot of him as a wide receiver or him doing out routes and stuff like that, which um, I was, I really enjoyed seeing with Madison in my head. I'm like, where is this with Dalvin? Like, this is a fantasy owner talking as Dalvin. Like, it's like, I, I want to see that with the guy who is more dynamic. So, um, I mean, yeah, it all in a, in a bubble um, salary aside, um, there, there is a drop off, but we're fortunate enough where if anything were to happen to Dalvin, it is a premium position that does get hurt a lot. We would be in a good spot and we can run the same offense and not have a problem. Um, like one play in particular where Madison, you know, took it right. And then he instantly cut back left and had a wide open lane. Um, that was a fantastic read. And the one part where I was like, oh, if it was Dalvin, he would have cut to the right and he would have made um, number six. I can't remember the safety's name. I think it's Diggs, um, Quandary Diggs. He would have just left him in the dust. But again, Madison did great. He held up um, better than we could have expected. Um, I mean, like I, you mentioned, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, um, they kind of have their defined roles where Chubb mm-hmm. is in the pass catcher and Kareem Hunt is where I feel like Madison is a Dalvin Cook light. So we mm-hmm. we at least know going forward that nothing in our offense ever has to change whoever's in the backfield. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're just pointing at each other. Like they're the same guy, just – one's a little bit more dynamic and and better all around. So at least I, that's, that's my opinion on that part. I, I do t- need to point out that someone in this room here is a Alexander Madison fantasy owner. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Somebody, somebody very smart. I'm not going to say oh, who. That's, that's even after you got into a Twitter scuffle with them, wasn't it? <laughs> Me? 
or didn't he interact with you directly? You no, interact oh, with no, that was just something no, he said. That was me being shady. It's out. He doesn't know about that. Okay? <laughs> We're gonna keep he, doesn't, that way. he doesn't know about that. Um, but I just want to say how great to see the offense just being more creative and mm, implementing God, things yeah. like we just discussed. So I'm that's what makes it. me excited. You know, you mentioned um, with Kane Wangwu. Wangwu, is that right? Um, I, it'll be interesting to see what they do when he comes back in because that is your track field, you know, your track star sprinting speed that it's a dynamic that we haven't had um for years. I mean Troy Williamson was the only one who had that like track track star speed that we've that well, we've had, or um, had on the team. Bennett did too. Mm-hmm. Or right or I mean since like yeah I know Bennett was predated Williamson but yeah Michael Bennett had that had that home run hitting speed. So um it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because it if he uh, if he can run routes, if he can catch, then that's another dynamic to the offense. So, um, and with running back, you know, when you have a bunch of them, just throw them out there and see what happens. So we have, you know, we have playmakers all over the field now with, uh, <laughs> with yeah, what without, Osborne's proven and without Irv coming yeah. out of nowhere, and <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 good to see. I want to point out that our guy Deshaun Vaughn, uh, who tweets a lot of stuff on Vikings Twitter, uh, he pointed out that Kane. Uh, Iwangu, who should make his debut in the coming weeks, he's only 0.02 seconds slower than Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's probably not as talented, but in terms of sheer raw speed, he's got it. So we went from, what, two months ago thinking, well, we're not going to know how to use him. This is the Zimmer offense, to thinking, oh, boy, now we got this coming off the bench because we have this boy wonder Kubiak that knows what he's doing. And, Ron, we, we pointed that out after the week one game that we saw a lot of motion, uh, the pre-snap motion, and that was – unbecoming or at least foreign to a Vikings offense. So something, something was percolating. Yeah. It doesn't look as vanilla as it has in the past. So while they may want to establish the run and do that, they're doing other things in creative ways. So, um, that like, you know, it's bringing that, um, like Gary Kubiak's philosophy with kind of a new age spin to it. Um, and, you know, kudos to Clint for, you know, learning and figuring out on the fly and how to make it his own, um, yeah. which is, you know, what I was hoping he would do. But the fact that in through three weeks, he's shown that. And again, our offense has been clicking and Kirk's been rolling and um, you know, it's, it, we're not sitting here talking about plays that we left on the table offensively, like where in the past that may have been the case. So um you know, we'll see going forward what where that leads us. And this is all after a preseason in which many people thought they were doomed <laughs> because they didn't take the saran wrap off of it at all. So yeah. it's a it's an eternal reminder that when your playmakers aren't playing in the preseason, who cares? It's, well, it's, it's, it's goes strategy. back to. I don't know where the tweet came from, but it was like the five biggest concerns were, you know, Kubiak and his inexperience, the offensive line, pass rush, and then I can't remember the other two. But it's like you look at those where everyone was concerned about, like they've at least checked the boxes of, you know, everyone's going to have bad plays or bad games from time to time. But at least on the surface, it looks as like that's not going to be a hindrance or a problem to the team. So, um you know, we, we have at least that to look forward to. So there's other parts on the defense that we thought might've been shored up because of the bodies that they added in. Maybe it'll take some time, but uh, um, you know, at least what our biggest concerns were, those aren't red flags as of yet. Yeah. Uh, BMAC, I got a question. This is kind of random. So I'm of the opinion that before too long, Everson Griffin is going to start opposite Daniel Hunter. And that's because in, in the spots where he's been given the opportunity 
He's making some plays, making most of it. And then conversely, DJ Wanham, who we had high hopes for, hasn't done a whole lot. We thought he would be a playmaker. He hasn't really been. And his pro football focus score is down in the 40s. Uh, so my question is, BMAC, I don't think this ever happened to you, but when a player is demoted on the depth chart, does the, the head coach flat out just say, yep, or is it the defensive coordinator, or who yeah, breaks that? You'll team? start to see um, somebody start getting more reps in practice. Okay. And you'll start to see it transition in. Okay. Um, and then um, kind of game day, they might pull them aside, you know, like, leading up to game day or that week, you never really at a certain point see who had a better week of practice and a decision to be made then. So if he's steady closing in the gap now, it's going to be one of those weeks where he's going to start getting more reps of practice and they're going to see who had a better week of practice and they're going to make their decision, you know, leading up to the game. Okay. Wes, do you expect? It'll probably like that Friday or something like that. They'll make their decision on Friday. Okay. Wes, do you expect Griffin to start maybe before the end of October? Or am I, am I is that a Dustin thing? Uh, maybe a Dustin thing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'm actually liking the rotation. Um, I feel like each guy brings a, a little bit of a different look. Um, ever since pass rush is superior to the other two uh, at this point. Um, so we, you know, we definitely want him out there on pass rush situation. Um, but, you know, Everson's a, a older vet and we want, we also want to keep him fresh. Um, you know, burn, you know, Wanham's young, young energy and, uh, Weatherly's, you know, experience, uh, early and then, you know, go from there and put Everson in when, when the, the rush is definitely needed. <laughs> we got to get so I think Ev, uh... Everson, like since he's older too, like, don't wear him down early too. Like still try to keep him fresh a little bit, especially towards the end of the season. You want him to be, you know, fresh and really playing at a high level. So they could, you know, bring him in slowly, but then at a certain yeah. point, like let him get in and get a rhythm going. Bring him in slowly and get him an Uber every day <laughs> or a car service. By no fault of his own. We recommend that. No, no right. fault of his own, but apparently there's, he must be living out in the wilderness and uh, we got to protect him. Yeah, BMAC, he hit a deer on the way to practice and got a concussion. Oh, for real? Look at his yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was like, it was two weeks ago, I think. Was it two weeks? It, was it, it, oh, okay. it was the day that yeah. Kendricks had a bad hip. <laughs> We're yeah. like, oh, yeah. great, a hip injury. But I don't think he hit the deer. I think he said there it said he swerved to, uh, to avoid a deer and hit something and, else. So Yeah, um, but he missed the last game, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was out. So yeah. we got to get him a driver. Yeah, yeah. Or just schedule your Uber, man. Get an Uber X. Yeah. Uber Black. No one will know. Griffin missed the Cardinals game and then he had the yeah, he played he yeah. played against the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Sally, of course I remember. Well, yeah, you were there. Yeah. Duh. You were tailgating. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, where were you? I was driving. <laughs> yeah. No, we saw you were out to eat, but you'll be there this week, right? I will be at the stadium at about 11 a.m., which means I'm walking up to my seat. You can't get there 10 <laughs> minutes early to come say hi to your friends. We, I get up at about 5.45 a.m. and I get home at 8.45 p.m. <laughs> and that's like with stopping at Chipotle or Devani's after the game is my my one stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, what you should be working on is for me to move up there 
and then that's when sir it's saying hello <laughs> it's not much of a commitment i mean you you want me to make you commit to moving your entire household i'm asking for a hello <laughs> oh, a hello. wave okay. even yeah. you can wave from across the light rail tracks okay well uh, that's <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Brian knows a realtor. So, I mean, there you go, Dustin. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. Give Brian that referral code. Sally, is Griffin going to start or is that my, my, my pipe dream? I don't really know. I mean, I think you guys are right. They're going to be rotating regardless, most likely. So what does it matter if he's the designated starter or not? Oh, when the game, my opinion, when mm. when there's a, a a humongous game, whether it's the Ravens game or the Niners game, depending on our record, I want him taking the bulk of snaps. I trust him. I don't trust the other two. That flat makes out, sense. Flat out, don't. Well, sure. Well, those are at the end of the season. Well, November <laughs> November eighth, and so ask me on November seventh what I think. Then I will tonight. put it in my outlook, and I will text you and ask you that. You can't get too far ahead of yourselves. This is a week-to-week league, Dustin. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> now, now, I'm getting, now I'm getting a slogan. So I don't. I honestly, I don't ever see him being like the leading snap getter at that position. But Should he be. will be in. He will be in on any any play that matters. Yes. So he he won't be in on probably first and ten. But you know any any big third down any uh, any big play or where they need a momentum shift. I think he'll be in. But I think if you can limit him to that kind of twenty five to thirty five snaps, so probably about like half the game depending. Um, I think that's where you'll get the best out of him. Um, uh, and again, yeah, the other guys don't really trust. I don't trust either. Um, but uh, I at least I want to see Griffin, you know, at his best when we need him. And I trust him in those spots definitely a lot more than. Uh, and you know, I thought Wanham would have been the guy on third and long. You let him go, pin his ears back, and go. But yeah, he hasn't proven he can do that. So I don't know if that means that there's going to be more Patrick Jones coming in the future because you know he's hasn't sniffed the field yet. Um, but um, yeah, I I. And quote unquote limit Griffin to plays that matter. Well, Ever- Amen. Everson, if you're listening, Coach Baker thinks you should be get about 70 to 75% <laughs> of the snap because the pass rush is heightened when he's in, and it's not like he's a terrible run stopper. He did it for a decade here. So oh, he still looks elite right. and he still has that quickness. And I don't think he's there. diminished either. So. I don't think Halloween he is either. Night. I just think that it, like, just the sheer age. I mean, and I'm talking, you know, there's someone who I think I'm older than him, but uh, I think the sheer age is going <laughs> to like gonna 33, limit him. Isn't he 34? Look, Something like that. <laughs> we all love Everson to death, but he was not signed to a team in August, okay? Like, there's a reason for that, so let's just take it slow. Okay. Halloween night. Halloween okay. night, you'll see a snap up. Well, Halloween, perfect. Halloween night. What? That's a good goal for everyone. We compromise. So, are you guys? Uh, are you on, Sally? Are you on the Breland train? Like, uh, let's see. Like I'm calling him for a cameo (laughs) for your birthday coming up October 11th. You'll be hearing from him. I'm old enough to remember when I frantically tried to get him on a podcast at like 11 p.m. You made me do it. (laughs) Dustin made me slide in his DMs. (laughs) So embarrassing. I. So we we talked about this topic once before, and you used the same word "made me do it." You I did suggested that something coming from you is more scintillating than coming from me. I've never been left on red before, except Bashad <laughs> Breland did it. He did. Uh, well, that's, um, what, that's why you probably so, so on the field. He's had his struggles, and he's being targeted like like nobody's business. 
And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he's just taken a while to get acclimated or what the deal is, but our completion percentage against is the worst in the NFL. 75%, yeah. I think I think it's 75% of passes are being completed against the Vikings, and that's an unholy number for a, a Zimmer team. Um, wow. So give us your, your Dantzler take or your Breland take or what's the deal here? Um, I mean, there's no nice way to say it. He's been terrible. Breland has been terrible. He's been very disappointing. The biggest disappointment I think on the roster, um, isn't he, what he's ranked one Oh three out of one Oh three in the rankings. And then yep. what 99 out of 99 the week before that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see anything from him that makes me want to see more, to be honest. Uh, and it's really a mystery to me what's going on with Dantzler. Um, I know that there's, you know, Zimmer's made the comments about he has to play special teams. And then there were the tweet and deletes to me. Like, I don't know if Zim's trying to teach him some sort of lesson, but I mean, isn't your defense more important than teaching the guy a lesson? Like, I, I don't know. I, I would love to know what's going on there. Well, yeah, he's, <clears throat> he seems to really be in his Friday night lights mode where, you know, he's trying to teach the, the young kid how to, be a man more so than when in football games it's it's strange because but you just lost two really tight games so like yeah. let's get over that for now and teach him a lesson <laughs> maybe on the bye week or something yeah you know? i mean that's the thing like with the tweets tweet and delete it that was really stupid of him to send those tweets can you do you remember exactly what they said i oh, said he couldn't keep holding his lip or his tongue for very much longer mm-hmm. yeah and obviously he said that that wasn't right about after the, the game win. And maybe it really wasn't about the game at all, but that's the thing where I say with Zimmer, like he said, Oh, I'm going to talk to him about it. Well, are you going to talk to Breland about sucking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what's your priority <laughs> tweets? And, but yeah, the tweet, it was stupid, but at the same time he deleted it quickly. I'd like to say that that might have something to do with the veteran leadership, you know, Patrick Peterson or, or Ev saying like, look, you can't be doing so well. Ev would, Ev would be one who would know. But that's just Ev, what young Ev would people say, do. Ev would say, I, here, I have a video of myself deleting it from last January. <laughs> yes. Let me, you how to yes. Do it. Let me show you how it's done. Yeah. Um, it, it continued yesterday, actually. Um, more yesterday? He liked mm, uh, like. a few, something about. Okay, a, Adam Patrick. About a few tweets, or actually not even wow. tweets. Uh, this is on Instagram. He followed the, the 49ers. He liked a few tweets from fans talking about. Uh, Niners need to go get him. Um, <laughs> Look at Adam Patrick doing undercover work here. <laughs> God, wow! Yeah. Well, it, Why didn't you tell me about this? I want to investigate. It feels like Breland is turning into this year's version of Dakota Dozier. Um, like where just why he's out there. Like I think any every fan in the stadium is like. They're going to that side. Why is he in there? What is going on? Um, and it reminds me of back, if you guys followed the Twins in the like early 2000s, when Nick Punto would always play when he had no reason ever playing. Like, what dirt does he have? Did he have on Gardenhire at the time? And what dirt does Breland have on Zimmer to keep him in there? Because he, it's not like he's being good when he's in there. Like, he is yeah. a liability. He's getting... I wish y'all had this podcast when I was playing, because I would have turned in and see what y'all said about us. <laughs> yeah. You know what I would have said about you? God damn it, McKinney got another false start. He wasn't Todd Stucey. So I know, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. But it's, you know, it, though, it is. It's Ryan like, under the bus. That <laughs> was, um, <laughs> Phil, Phil Lodeholt was the false start king. Oh, yeah. uh, but, it, you know, him, but it is, it's, you know, yeah, Brian, you, you're getting the fan perspective on it. Like, right. us being the armchair quarterback. I like to hear it, though. 
No, but, but Breland is, like, is know, trash. It's, it's well, that's the thing. It's I I get it if like say if it were Peterson and he was struggling like this, like I that's a guy who has equity. He has nine all pros to his name, and like dude's a Hall of Famer. Like you let him work it out. But Breland's always been a guy who's been volatile, like in his play style and like with getting penalties. Like, yeah, he was a starting cornerback on a Super Bowl winning team, but it's not like the Chiefs are boasting, you know, 2001 Baltimore Ravens defense out there. It was a defense to go with the Patrick Mahomes led offense. So it, the fact he that he talked so much crap about teams that were dying to sign him and this and that. Yeah, they must have worked him out and saw their receivers running free on him. And yeah, He's we don't foolish. want him. <laughs> but like, what the thing that bothers me is Let's that I have said one it, next week. <laughs> yeah, well, he he won't reply to my DMs, B man. Um, Doesn't matter how the, bad he is, I can't get a response. He, he might not get much cell coverage. It might match his uh, his on the field coverage. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, mm. um, but anyways, it's like I said it when we signed him. I was like, I love the move as a depth move, but I thought dance earned his spot as a starter opposite of Peterson. And even the little bit that he's played this year, he's looked a whole lot better. He's quicker. He's taller. Like he's more physical. He's making plays. Whereas Breland, like any big play that goes against us, either we're in zone coverage or it's man to man against him. And Zimmer has to see it. So this is where my frustrations with Zimmer lie. And I'm a big Zimmer guy, but why does he get set in his ways that like, he's so stubborn that, Oh, the rookies need to work their way in. He did it with Trey Wayne when he was a rookie. He did it with Mackenzie Alexander when he was a rookie. Like he, these guys will come in and play well, but it's like, well, you haven't earned it yet. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I get you're a D bat guy and yeah, you're coming from the Deion Sanders, Rod Wood, they're not Rod Woodson. Um, is it Robert? I can't think of his name. The whatever. Um, the the those those mid nineties Cowboys D backs. But what is it to get a rookie on the field when they play well? Like let them go, let them make their mistakes. Because I'd rather rather see a young guy work through things and learn than to go through this. Um, and you know, some Certainly people bring can't up be like. Worse. Yeah, some people bring up like the Mike Hughes part, but I think even I had said when we traded him, like his injury concerns, like there was so much there where you had to kind of find something else. So I get that. Um, so I'm glad to see that he's doing well. But like Breland, yeah, there he's literally the last on the metric of every every week, and mm-hmm. it, you know, getting beat by Jamar Chase under uh, um, you know under 30 seconds or whatever, and then it's continuing to go. So. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating with, uh, to watch that play. Can you guys explain to me why don't they at least rotate the two? Yeah, I don't get I don't, it. Do it like running back. No, I don't know like with Dantzler what the deal is. Um, uh, we saw him a little bit and he made a play against the Cardinals in the fourth quarter, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. so no, I don't know why they're not rotating him. I do know on Breland. So, you know, we're likening him to Samia and Dozier and all this. I understand he's played that poorly. But, last but he had year, higher expectations, so I don't even yeah. think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, it, last year, his passer rating against with the Chiefs was 78.3, and that's damn good for a cornerback. This year, it's 133.9. So I think we keep waiting for him to figure it out, and then he will be the guy that was signed uh, by the Vikings to be CB1 or CB2 or maybe even CB7 by the time it's all said and done. But he's been pretty good. So the fact that he is all of a sudden Dozier-like is new. And I, and I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, the definition of insanity where they don't, they, they don't understand what's going on. I think they're waiting for him to turn the corner, but it's probably getting to the point where, yeah, we're not going to waste the whole quarter of a season on you trying to figure it out, pal. But and they lost two very close games. So like that very well could have changed those two games if yeah. they had somebody yeah. else in there. 
Yeah. And Bryant, from your experience, is that something that if someone's like clearly struggling, is that something that you let them work out on the field in the game or do you kind of wait and work on it in practice? Like where, where do you see as the better example of, if they had a game where they're struggling, they'll, um, sometimes they'll let you finish the game out. And then, uh, during the week, they'll try to correct you. And if you're still struggling the following week, somebody's gonna be on standby to come in and kind of relieve you. We'll have to remember that because we're past that time of standby. Well, well, uh, what percentage of the snaps is he getting? Almost all of them, right? I'll, I'll that a, a healthy portion. It's a I, I think what well, if, if, if nobody's relieving him, they feel like he's he's better than the person behind him. He uh, Dantzler, sure. Dantzler has p- played eighty-seven percent of all defensive snaps. You mean Breland? Oh yeah, excuse me, Breland. My goodness. Yep. I, I think what was happening um, the first three weeks of the season were pretty brutal for um, our cornerbacks. Uh, they faced three quarterbacks that. You know, Burrow's still coming into his own, but he's an incredibly intelligent quarterback. Um, and Wilson and Murray are, are already, you know, top of their game. Um, and then also factor in the wide receiver pairings that uh, these defensive backs have gone up against. Um, body-wise, you know, Higgins and Chase. Um, Boy, Boy, they're they're taller than. But that's why I thought Dancer would be perfect because Dancer's a six-two yeah. frame and Breland's you know five eleven. So, um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I wrote an article about Breland trying to get to the bottom of it. I what what's good and what you had mentioned, Ron, is you know Peterson has been. He's been good. He's been really good. His PFF grade won't show it because they accredited a few uh, busted coverage plays to Peterson, but he's been a shutdown corner on that side of the field. Um, and what happens when you shut down one side of the field? They go to the other side. It, it happened right. whoever was across from Richard Sherman all the time. Revis. Um, so, or yeah, or Revis. I think that's what we're seeing. Even if they throw Danzler in, you know, Danzler might win a few. He did in Cardinal uh, game. in the Cardinal game. So um, why he's not getting the opportunity, I don't know. Uh, I agree with Dustin that, you know, I think they're waiting for, you know, Breland to get over whatever is holding him back. Um, but if it was Cam, if the role was reversed and it was Cam playing this poorly, he, he wouldn't wait for him to figure it out. Yeah, yeah because that would right? be considered growing pains, so. and he's not quite ready. But Breland, there's a documented six-year sample size of. I'm not saying Cam should take over altogether, but like, no, no, I'm, I'm with it you. up. I, I, I maybe, know. maybe I've been too ambiguous. I am fully supportive of Dantzler taking the snaps. I'm just trying to explain yeah. why I think he's uh, the other dude. Breland is still getting. Well, this week it's Donovan Peoples-Jones as the number two wide receiver. So if uh, if Donovan this is Peoples what they're Jones waiting for. goes out, yeah, maybe that's what it is. If get get the wide receiver two for the Browns and then face the Lions to let Dan Dantzler um, get cut his teeth. But uh, um, yeah, we'll see. It's uh, it's and again, I didn't mean to compare him to um, Dozier as how bad he is. I'm just saying he's this year's Dozier. Yeah, Everyone is. is looking at it like dumping on like, him. Why, like you know, last year was can he play guard? Now it's like can he play corner? Like yeah. at least that's what I'm thinking. So, um, yeah, it's. 
Zimmer knows way more than me, so I'm not <laughs> questioning that. But uh, um, when when you have sixty thousand fans all seeing the game the same way, like they're going to the right side of the field because that's where Breland is. Yeah. <laughs> On that, uh, former defensive back Chris Cook he tweeted out today. Um, the one thing about Vikings fans is when you play poorly, they'll let you know. He said that's why he had to stay off of Twitter for like six or seven years. And that's a lie. He has not been off of Twitter for one. I saw that. Sir, you haven't been off of Twitter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. I haven't been off of Twitter. I told that story about him and my DMs, right? Asking me to buy him something. Did I tell that story? Yes. Yep. yep. That was a when he was in the league. That was an early summer gym from from Sally. Yeah, he All hasn't right. been off of Twitter, but he did say that he did. He was say looking that. for some lettuce for a sandwich. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wes, you have a, a pretty darn good reputation on our other show for predictions and takes, and I wanted to point that out. So, with about two or three minutes left, give us some either Vikings or NFL predictions, takes, prognostication. First thing I want to cover, though. What did I advise you to spend on T Higgins of your free agent? Budget? I spent, I, 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 somebody spent more. I spent $81. Someone spent all of it. I, I told you to spend a hundred on it. You spent $61, Dustin. 61? Listen to me. I didn't know you guys could see that. <laughs> yeah. have to change the league setting. Yeah. He's going through your bank account. You better change uh-huh. the pin number. Uh, I'm pocket checking you here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so bold predictions. I think the Lions get the first win of their first win of the year uh, this week in Chicago. Um, Sally and I's preseason prediction is looking pretty good. The Steelers are cooked. Um, yeah, Dustin. Here's a hot take. What the you think about loser that? of Seattle, San Francisco this weekend will miss the playoffs. That division is too tough. Um, mm-hmm. The loser of it is going to fall too far behind. Um, here is an interesting stat, uh, the end of which concerns one of Bryant's former coaches. So, uh, Bryant, let me know if uh, if you know which coach I'm talking about here. Um, so Jacoby Myers, the Patriots wide receiver, is the only wide receiver in NFL history with 52-plus uh, career catches or more. And has zero uh, touchdowns. Uh, Myers has 104 catches in his career. He's one of two players with 150 plus targets and zero touchdowns. Do you know who that other player is, Bryant? And it was a coach. He was a former coach, uh, not directly of you, but uh, on the Vikings. No, Eric Bieniemy. Oh, I could. I don't know why that's thinking. He had that many targets in his career. Yeah, as a running back. As I didn't think he had that long of a career in the NFL. We'll have to remember that for when he's head coach of the Vikings. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anything else, Wes? Uh, Justin Fields will only start uh, if Dalton cannot for the rest of the season. Sally's golden boy is having a rough goal. Golden boy. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I it's one game, and I didn't. He's not my golden boy. A, he is, and then B, yeah, it was his his, his maiden voyage. He threw for a yard. The yeah, I know it's pretty sad. But yeah. guess what? He was playing the Browns. So. Oh yeah. 
I'm just joking. I'm totally joking, but I am really upset that we didn't talk about the Browns because that's the only reason I'm here. Oh, <laughs> Maybe that's why we didn't. Man. Yeah, I'm we kidding. didn't need to hear any good stomping around the set. Week, so. Yeah, yeah. save that for the Sports Net City podcast that, <laughs> that the Browns <laughs> take. So that's all, all right. I talked about this morning. Anything else from anybody before we hop off for the week? Uh, no, just that the three of us will all be together and oh, you'll be, uh, you'll be, <laughs> I don't know, lollygagging around the parking lot. <laughs> Sightseeing. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well. Mac, what game are you going to? Figure, did you figure it out? It's going to be in um, November and December. Okay. So okay. one's going to be the Steelers game. And, um, oh, a Thursday third. night, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mac, I'm gonna need you to do something though before you get. If you really are coming here, you need to call Mayor Fry. You need to call the owners of all your establishments, and you need to tell them that we need to stay open past ten o'clock on Thursday nights because it's gonna. We have to party. Oh, everything closes like around ten o'clock. They're shutting everything down because I went out on Sunday and everything closed at nine. I almost had a mental breakdown. Oh, for real. Yeah, I should have told you that. Now you're not going to come. He's reconsidering his no, plans. Fri- yeah. Friday and Saturday is fine. Season is when Friday and Saturday is fine. Okay. Just the other days. Yeah. Anyways, okay. I didn't mean to get off topic. No, but- that's all right. Uh, next week we have Aaron Ruper from he w- he was the associate editor of Vox. Uh, he is a uh, political personality and writer, and he was editor of Vox, and he is a Viking fan. And so he's going to join us. He'll be our, I think, first non-sports guest. He's obviously here to talk about the Vikings, but he listens to a lot of Vikings podcasts. So I invited him on and he said, sure. So he will be our guest next week. Hopefully we'll be talking about the two and two Vikings because when the Vikings get to two and two, they go to the postseason under Zimmer. It's a very strange set that was dug up by your guy, Sally, Adam Patrick. <laughs> okay. Two shout outs for him today. Yep. But I just wanted to also say, nobody forget that it's Kevin Williams induction of the ring of honor. Absolutely. So congratulations, Kevin. And um, that'll be at halftime. Yep. So don't right. go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all we got. And school Viking. Okay. Oh. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.